Spring? Is that you? Warmer temps mean new Allbirds styles. Meet the Super Light Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. These must-have travel shoes have a lighter-than-air feel and barely-there fit that made them the most packable shoes ever. That means more comfort and less baggage. Try the Super Light Tree Runner with a cushy foam midsole and breathable eucalyptus fiber upper. Plus, they're comfy right out of the box. So what can you do in a Super Light shoe? What can't you do is the better question. And because they're super packable, the real question is, where are you taking them? Experience how Allbirds redefines comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com. Code SUPER24. Ready to set off on your captivating journey into the botanical world? NYBG's brand new online education program, Plant Studio, offers bite-sized courses tailor-made for you to pursue your passion as a budding plant person. Guided by professionals, dig into gardening, botany, floral design, landscape design, and more. Grow your skills with online learning your way. Register at nybg.org. Welcome to the Smirconish Podcast for Independent Minds. From the Washington Post, for the first time in the history of the country's census-taking, the number of white people in the United States is widely expected to show a decline when the first racial breakdowns from the 2020 census are reported this week. Here to discuss is William Fry, Senior Fellow in the Metropolitan Policy Program at the Brookings Institution. Dr. Fry, thank you so much for your time. Sure, good to be with you, Michael. So, a naive question. Why are we talking about census data? I thought this was a once-every-ten-year kind of thing. Well, it is, and it's important because uh, the census really is the gold standard to let us know what the population is like. We like to think we know what the population statistics are, and we have some surveys that tell us that. But every 10 years, you get the full picture because they ask everybody to fill out their form. And I think this is especially important now because of the, the changing demographics, not only nationally, but in small areas of the country. It's important for all kinds of reasons, as well as politics. Is there some type of an updating that takes place beyond the every 10-year report? Sure. Uh, the Census Bureau puts out estimates every year. So they actually put out estimates for the 2020 year, but those estimates began with the 2010 census, <laughs> and they tried to update them with migration statistics and fertility numbers and birth no and uh, death numbers and, and immigration from abroad. They try to do a good job, and they do as good a job as you can, but every year when the census numbers come out, there are some real surprises that weren't calculated in those estimates, which were really updated from the previous census. So uh, and we're lucky to have this census. Uh, uh, I'm a demographer. I'd like to see it every five years. <laughs> sure. Analysis. Okay. So, so in your area of expertise as a demographer, what's the big takeaway? I gave you the lead from the Washington Post, but what does Dr. William Fry say when he looks at these numbers? Sure. I mean, I think there are two things about, about what we're going to see today. One is we're going to see, uh, as you said, the fact that uh, people of color will probably account for all of the growth since 2010 to 2020. Uh, but the second thing we're going to see is a likely absolute decline in the underage 18 population. Now, that's happened before several decades prior to that, but it's, it's really important now if we actually have a loss of the underage 18 population. Because we're a slow-growing country anyway, but the biggest part of our growth is in the older population, especially seniors as baby boomers move into those years. 
if we have a decline in our younger population, and that's due to lower fertility, it's due to in this last decade not as much immigration, immigrants and their children tend to be younger, and so forth. That, that When you look ahead, that can even move to a very slow-growing or perhaps even declining younger labor force. So it's important for us to look at that as well. And in that younger population, we're likely to see that over half of those young people are people of color. That is a minority white child population in the United States for the first time, a slow-growing but very diverse young population. And I think what that means, of course, is that we need to invest in these young people. They're very valuable because they're so rare and because we have a lot of people of color who really need a lot of assistance and investment in in terms of uh, all kinds of things, education, social welfare, and so forth. For a long time, I have heard that the United States is on a trajectory where whites will become a minority, will be a majority. What the hell am I trying to say? Help me, Dr. Fry. Sure. I mean, you're going to be in a... A lot of people think, and the Census Bureau projections show, that eventually the number of whites in this country will be less than half of the total population. There you go. (laughs) And that'll happen by 2050. I've had it drummed into me. Is that true? 2045 or 2050 is what the the Census Bureau statistics say. I think that's right. But, you know, I think, uh, you know, you can project this thing into the future. People, the way they identify themselves may change an awful lot between now and then. I mean, you know, demographers have these categories and they dutifully, you know, push them ahead and all of this kind of thing. But we're going to have a bigger mixed race population as we go forward. And, you know, in the past, people felt that uh, if they were assimilating to the U.S., they had to be called white. And I think that's going to be changing over time. By the time we get to 2045, these racial categories may not mean that much for our country because we'll have lots of different backgrounds and heritages that people are going to want to value. And and with lots of ramifications, political ramifications, legal ramifications, I mean, what is discrimination when we, yes, are, think, when we are a nation of, of so many mixed marriages? No, I think that's right. And, and uh, you know, one of the reasons, which I didn't mention, and I should have, that we may see a decline in the white population is many of young people today are the products of interracial marriages and identify themselves not just as white but as mixed-race folks, partly people of color. And that's true. I mean, the, the old idea of whites versus everybody else will not be the picture going forward. It's a bit antiquated now. I think some of our politicians want to push that for some reason, I guess, because they get votes. But uh, uh, as we move forward, I think we need to, to embrace all of these different groups and find out what their needs are and, and, and so forth, rather than put them in just sort of two boxes or three boxes. Dr. Fry, I, I tend to think of these uh, this data in political terms, and I'm wondering where do we see the population growth of non-whites on a state-by-state basis? Are there states that are top of mind? Well, you know, states that are gaining the most people in the United States, no matter what they are, whites, blacks, Hispanics, and Asians, tend to be Texas and Florida. Hmm. Uh, Now, the white population, uh, about half the states are actually going to show declines in their white population, as the national population may show declines. The whites are going to largely go to sort of mostly growing sunbelt states, including not only Texas and Florida, but Arizona and places like that. But much bigger numbers of gains will be of Latinos. And Latinos will be going to places that have traditional immigrant magnet states, even though most, most Latinos are no longer foreign-born, and most, most, most Latinos are native-born, but, but you'll see California and New York and Texas and uh, to some Illinois and a few of the because of Chicago, these are the kind, and Florida, these are the places, uh, you know, 
think back to where all those immigrants were coming in the last 20 or 30 years, they're still growing there, but mostly from, from births, not so much from immigration anymore, as well as other places. Same with Asians. Uh, you know, California, New York are big states for Asians and, and a few other places, although they're spreading out as well. Now, African-Americans uh, now for about 30 or 40 years have been moving back to the south from other parts of the country. You know, the history of the great migration out of the south, that stopped several decades ago. And states like Georgia and Texas and North Carolina and Florida are the big gainers for African-Americans, to some degree because of movement away from New York and Pennsylvania and uh, Michigan and, and, and Illinois and even California to come back to the south as part of this magnet. So, you know, we really are a diverse country in very different ways, depending on which groups are moving there and are growing there. Dr. Fry, on the subject of geography, uh, let's take it to the next level. What do we see in terms of patterns by where people actually live? You know, is it a dated concept now that folks of color are more concentrated in cities and and maybe the first ring of suburbia and the more rural you get, the more white the country becomes? Well, the last census in 2010 showed us for the very first time in major metros in the U.S. there were more blacks living in suburbs than in cities. And a lot of blacks, a lot of cities with large numbers of blacks only actually showed declines in their black populations. Latinos and Asians have been spreading to the suburbs even prior to that. But I think what the question you raise is a good one. What I'm going to be looking for from these data is those outer, those inner, those middle suburbs and those outer suburbs and those exurbs how much of that dispersion is going there. This is really something you can only get with with real precision from a census. And uh, I suspect we're going to see a lot of that going on. And, uh, you know, a lot of people who move are young people, and uh, young people are much more diverse than old people. So when people move to the suburbs or to the exurbs today, a large number of those people are going to be Latinos and Asians and blacks and mixed-race folks. Uh, if you're growing today, if you're in a, in a place that's growing in population, that means you're increasing the diversity of your population. So sum up, Dr. William Fry, Senior Fellow, the Metropolitan Policy Program at Brookings, uh, sees new data coming forth today from the Census Bureau and thinks what? It means diversity is continuing in a big way, even though we're, we're growing more slowly as a country. Uh, so as we age... And as we grow more slowly, we're becoming more diverse at the same time. That was excellent. Thank you so, so much for your time and expertise. I really appreciate it. Good to talk with you. Thank you, sir. Boy, he was tremendous. Um, It's hard for me to process in real time the ramifications of all the data that we just learned. Whites becoming, I mean, this we've known, but not at, at the pace that I think the data is making clear. Whites becoming a majority minority by 2050 or sooner and and how all of the growth all of the growth in the country estimates from 2016 to 2020 show that all of the country's population growth during that period came from increases in people of color only in people of color so the political dynamics of this are really significant if the growth is coming and again largely from people of color in Texas and in Florida and in Arizona and in New Mexico and in Nevada. And and if the underage population right now is a minority youth population, I mean, that just lets you know that's that's why, because they will get older. They will then have kids. 
Uh, that's one aspect of all of this. What does it mean when they're of voting age and now those states are increasingly diverse? Those that have been traditionally red, will they be able to hold on as Republican states? Not unless the Republicans change their message. Although then there's the Latino factor because Latinos are changing the face of the nation. And where will they cast their votes? Will it be a monolithic vote? What about the rise of of, of Asian populations? But the bigger issue, as I see it, if you sit back and you say, as Dr. Fry said, that we are more diverse, our level or um, the 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 diversity of our nation continues to grow. But overall, our population is diminishing. Diversity growing, population diminishing. What does that mean for issues that are presented in the here and now? as whites in comparison to everybody else or whites versus everybody else. I mean, think about think about issues of discrimination that occupy so much of our public discourse. What does discrimination look like when the nation is no longer at 50% plus one of folks who are white? I mean, think about that for college admissions. Think about that for hiring on the job. Think about that for for so many different things that occupy our time here on POTUS. What reaction do you have to the latest census information for the first time in the history of the country? The number of white people in the United States expected to show a decline when the first racial breakdowns from the census are reported today. The Smirconish Podcast for Independent Minds. Listen to Michael Smirconish live weekdays from 9 a.m. to noon east on Sirius XM's POTUS Channel 124 or anytime on the SXM app. Connect with Michael on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and at Smirconish.com. Spring, is that you? Warmer temps mean new Allbirds styles. Meet the Superlight Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. They've designed must-have travel styles for when you need to jet. The lighter-than-air feel and barely-there fit make these shoes some of the most packable styles ever. That means more comfort and less baggage. Take the Super Light Tree Runner on your next adventure. Its cushy, lightweight foam midsole supports every step, and the extra outsole traction gives you the grip to just go for it. The eucalyptus fiber upper adds next-level breathability to keep you going all day. Plus, the Super Light Tree Runner is comfortable and ready to go right out of the box. So, what can you do in a super light shoe? What can't you do is the better question. And, because they're super packable, the real question is, where are you taking them? Experience how Allbirds redefines comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com, code SUPER24. Ready to set off on your captivating journey into the botanical world? NYBG's brand new online education program, Plant Studio, offers bite-sized courses tailor-made for you to pursue your passion as a budding plant person. Guided by professionals, dig into gardening, botany, floral design, landscape design, and more. Grow your skills with online learning your way. Register at nybg.org. 